Hey, it's Kinga. Welcome back to Recovering from Everything, a podcast for everyone who's ever had anything happen to them ever. This was widely requested by an Instagram poll I did on my stories. The best way to collect data, if you ask me. This is the episode about recovering from people pleasing. You like me, right? You like me, right? Okay, so let's just start with what we think people pleasing is. Because it could boil down to, you know, that question of, do you like me? Right? Or people that say, like, I need everybody to like me. But, you know, I like to dig deeper. So what is this? What does this actually mean? And what does it look like? For me now, people pleasing means abandoning myself. So I have a thing that I want or a thing that I, an idea for my life or whatever that I am standing beside. I am, you know, cradling it. I have my arm around it. This is the thing that I want for myself. And my audience, whoever I happen to be talking to, expresses some sort of disapproval. It could honestly be like, a change in tone or like a facial expression where me, a highly sensitive person, picks up on this shift. And this thing that I'm cradling so dear to me, I toss it aside and say, how can I make you more comfortable? This is what people pleasing looks like to me in my head. I'm, I'm, I need images in my brain, but give me like a, you know, a floor scheme for something and I can't conceptualize anything, but images, right? Me throwing this little idea that I love so much out a fucking window because it's making someone else uncomfortable. That's what people pleasing looks like to me. Self abandonment. And as someone that has abandonment issues, I know now that a lot of it is completely my fault here's why. Here's why, guys. Buckle in. Buckle in. This is going to be an expose. So I had such deep-seated fears of abandonment, so of people leaving me. And and this is, here's another fun story about Kinga. This is because when I was little, really little, like two, and we were still living out in Transylvania. Yes, I'm a refugee. My dad defected, which means basically escaped the country in the middle of the night, hopped on a train with nothing. And he was not physically with me for two years until we reunited in Canada, did the whole sponsorship thing. My mom, my sister and I came out. Now my dad would call us, which was super sketchy because, you know, the government was listening. It was like a whole, you know, communist country with a fascist dictator. It was like not a good time to be in Eastern Europe in the late 80s. For me, a, you know, little two or three year old, my dad was not there. He dipped in the middle of the night. One day I woke up the next morning and I didn't see him for God knows how long. Not to mention that my mom, understandably, was an absolute stress case trying to keep this a secret, right? This had been like their whole elaborate plan was to have my dad escape the country because it was not 
fucking chill in that country. So I had, you know, I had this thing now where the people that I love and that are supposed to love me are going to leave me. Okay. Very black and white idea in my little toddler brain, really simple to, to deduce that, right? People I love will go away. So what I learned is that in order to make the people I love stay in my life, I would have to bend over backwards and do whatever they wanted to keep them happy. This unfortunately comes with a ton of self-abandonment, putting someone else before myself. This means that I come second if you're exceptional at math like I am. And this doesn't only apply to people whose parents physically left them. Like I understand my refugee situation is like pretty fucking unique. This this applies to any sort of perception of separation in the child. So if your parents maybe were emotionally unavailable, physically unavailable, um, they're Look up attachment theory. It came out in the 70s. It's super interesting. Um, It focuses more on the mother, um, but it basically emphasizes how critical those attachments are with our parents and how they affect our future lives. Super cool stuff. So what do we have so far? We've got uh, some sort of perceived abandonment, which leads to a fear of abandonment, the people I love are going to go away, which leads me to want to do anything in my power to be liked, accepted, approved, so that these people will stay in my life, right? No matter what's happening with me personally, in my inner world, in my outer world, I'm going to hide things and hide parts of myself to make the people I love stay in my life. And in my teenage years and well into my 20s, this led me to have like a secret double life. There were so many parts of my thoughts and my behavior that I hid from people I loved because I could not be found out. No one was allowed to see me for who I really was. So a lot of this was, you know, drinking and boys and cheating on boys and basically this part of myself that was, I would never let out. And so she was really struggling and pretty fucking angry, if we're going to be honest. So how this showed up as people pleasing was I would give people that I loved and or that I was attached to a certain version of me. Very, very few people. I mean, even still, I could probably count on one hand the people, eh, that's not true, maybe two hands, the people that I allow to see the real me, right? Podcast listeners, you're getting to see a very good chunk of who I really am. People on Instagram see a version of me, but there are absolutely uh, parts of me and parts of my day and qualities of my character that are reserved for a few people that I can now trust. But so what, you might say? So what that you are putting people ahead of yourself? What a noble quality, Kinga, you for sure are thinking right now. 
No. To that I say, fuck that shit. Because while I was so busy being what I thought people wanted me to be and saying the things I thought they wanted me to say and doing the things that were expected of me, I was not developing my own sense of self. I had absolutely no boundaries. So when it came to protecting myself, keeping myself safe, nope, never did it, never did it because the person in front of me, I thought wanted something else of me. So I went ahead and did that. Most of my identity was based on the people that I was attached to in my life. I am this for this person. I am this for this person. This, you know, my phone is ringing. This person needs to talk to me. I'm fucking exhausted, but I'm going to answer my phone anyway because this person needs me to be there for them right now. It literally was not until a couple of years ago that I realized this. A couple of years ago, I was 36 fucking years old. I had spent the majority of my life pleasing others and submitting to them and submitting to their needs. So to have that much self-imposed oppression, naturally, what do oppressed people do? They revolt. They rebel, right? Like a caged animal, they come out of that cage fucking guns blazing. So I revolted and rebelled by boozing a lot. I revolted and rebelled by honestly being really promiscuous. I revolted and rebelled by with explosive anger. I I did all these things because there was a part of me that was in there in the dark. I had locked her up and I would not listen to her, right? Inner Kinga's like, hey, I need a break. I need rest. I need to sleep in. Outer King is like, but my phone's ringing at 7.30 in the morning. How could we not answer it? And now one of the best things I do for myself is silencing my notifications at nighttime. I put it on sleep mode. And sometimes I do it during the day too. You know, I'm on the verge of cutting caffeine out of my life. I take frequent naps now. So I put my phone on silent because I have to come first in that moment. And also, who do I think I am that, you know, someone needs to text me or someone needs to call me and they can't get a hold of me. Do I think that their life is going to be ruined because the almighty Kinga didn't play a part in it in that very second? Come on. Come on. And here's what that sort of seesaw kind of existence leads me to. So I'm either completely self-abandoning, doing whatever it takes to make others feel comfortable, or I'm rebelling like crazy, um, you know, and, and not taking care of myself at all because that, you know, is the undercurrent of people pleasing. What are the effects of that? I am frequently exhausted. I lash out on my loved ones uh, because I'm so resentful that I have to be who I think that they want me to be. And I am also crippled when I think someone is displeased with me, crippled. Like there were so many sleepless nights and anxiety riddled days when I thought someone was unhappy with me. I mean, up until recently, like I could 
not function. And, and this is still occasionally a part of my life. Like it's become a running joke with um, a couple of people in my life where they'll be like, oh, P.S., we're not mad at you because that is still like, like this is something I will work on for a long time still. I mean, I just came to the realization two years ago. So nothing's going to be, you know, perfect with a little bow on it just yet. But it's it's just a constant, constant fear, which is really uncomfortable. So I hope so far that makes sense, right? Literal abandonment leads to a fear of abandonment, leads to me doing anything I can in my power to keep the people that I love in my life at the same time rebelling and revolting against them with alcohol, uh, with anger, sabotaging those relationships 100% because I am so convinced that these people are going to leave. Thereby abandoning myself, which also causes inner rage and really not having any sort of sense of my own identity because my identity is completely comprised of other people's versions of me. Does that make sense? Okay. Here's the super bad news, my fellow people pleasers. Here's the really bad news. You're going to hate me, but that's okay. I don't care because it's in the name of your greater good. People pleasing is one of the most highly manipulative art forms. If you think about it, what I am doing is trying to control everyone's perceptions of me. I am trying to mind control is really what it is. I will say what I need to say and be who I need to be if I think that that is what will make you happy. How fucking manipulative is that? And and I love when I say this to people pleasers that are like, holy shit, I never thought about it like that. Because it shows me that they are open to growth and evolution. Super manipulative. This is what in psychology would be called a maladaptive behavior. I will control your brain to think what I want you to think about me. Who the fuck do I think I am? Right? I know all the people pleasers are sitting there thinking, I don't want to be manipulative. People won't like me for that. (laughs) I know, right? The thing is, unless you have like a trained eye and ear for this, no one will really know that they're being people pleased. I have a trained eye and ear for this. So I know, and I, I reject it. I, I, I withdraw as if from a hot flame. Feeling like I'm being manipulated like that, as though I'm like a puppet on, you know, on strings is one of the worst feelings for me. It makes me incredibly uncomfortable. It triggers my rage in in a fraction of a second. I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't people please me. What I do appreciate is someone being unabashedly their authentic self no matter what they think I'm going to think about them. That is fucking beautiful. And I do realize the irony of me saying, this is what you need to be for me to like you. So yes, I'm aware, but 
it's so refreshing being around someone that is 100% themselves no matter what around me anyway. And I think I'm, I think I'm like, I have the personality that, that allows people to do that. Like I, I think I set a pretty good example, giving very few fucks about what other people think about me. Um, I think that gives the people in my life or in my day or, you know, whoever's at the dinner table with me, like it it gives them permission to do the same. And, and that's nice. It's nice when people can feel relaxed and you can just have, you know, authentic, honest conversations about stuff. So people pleasers have no fear. Solutions are coming. The way to, I don't want to say cure this, but that's what I mean, is to develop a strong, strong sense of yourself and to figure out what you want, what you want to do, how you want to feel minute by minute through the day and protect that at all costs. That's it. Easy peasy. Good luck. Bye. Just joking. So saying things like, no, that doesn't work for me. That sounds like a nightmare. I would rather die. That sounds like hell on earth. I'm not coming. Things like that. Those are direct Kinga quotes and you can use them. You can use them. For example, my best girlfriend is like, let's go on a girl's trip to, I don't know, Cuba or something in the winter. And to that, I say, that sounds like a nightmare for me. I will not be there. And she just laughs because she knows me. But it's okay to say stuff like that because that does sound like an absolute fucking nightmare to me. I would rather go on a trip by myself or with my daughter. And that's okay. That's just the way I am. Heads up that when you do start doing stuff like this, saying no to things, choosing to stay in instead of agreeing to go out, um, going out because you feel obligated to do so. When you start saying no to stuff like that, you are going to drown in guilt. You're going to drown in it because it is such a brand new behavior. And you're also going to really, really, really question if whether or not what you just did was right. But a couple hours later, when you're snuggled on your couch, eating a whole large pizza to yourself, watching another murder documentary, this is you. This is not, definitely not me. This is you. You're going to thank your lucky stars that you said no, because in that moment, you knew that what you needed was to rest and to have a night solo doing something that you enjoy. And on the flip side, if you want to go out, go out. And when you get there, when you want to go home, go home. You're going to thank yourself. You're going to freaking thank yourself. This level of honoring yourself and your needs is going to start undoing all of the years of self-abandonment, all of the years that you threw your ideas and your wants and your needs and yourself out of a you know moving car window. It's going to start undoing all of that. And the more that you practice it, the better you're going to get at it. And you can start to trust yourself that no matter what, you're going to have your own back. Start small. Okay, start small. I'm not saying, you know, call your parents and be like, I'm not coming to Thanksgiving because you fuckers are crazy. Don't start there. 
you know, maybe eventually down the road, you, you might get there, but don't start there. Start with the easy ones. Hey, you want to do a girl's trip? Absolutely not. Sounds like a nightmare. Love you. Call me when you're back. You know, do a live and I'll pop in and watch it. Whatever. Just start super small. Um, Silencing your phone at night, if that's an issue for you. Your phone is buzzing all the time. Silence it. If you want to take a nap, silence it. If you're watching a movie, silence your phone. Figure out minute to minute, what you want to do and how you want to feel and then protect that at all costs. I realize I'm using a very like stern tone. I'm also like, like uh, hammering my hand down on my knee right now. Like this all feels very like firm. Of course, there's going to be some exceptions, some shit you have to do, right? I'm not being like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go to work. So don't fucking go. No, because you need to live. I don't have to explain to you grown ass adults why you need to go to work, but Anything outside of your must-dos, you need to protect yourself. You need to figure out what you want and how you want to feel and make that happen. Because if my identity is a balloon and it's being blown up by other people's opinions of me, thoughts of me, approval of me, acceptance of me, all it takes... Literally, what does it take to burst a balloon? The tiniest little pinprick. So if my whole identity exists because of other people's opinions of me, the tiniest thing will deflate it. This is where the change in tone comes into play. This is where, you know, I said yesterday on my Instagram stories, uh, a period instead of an exclamation mark this is going to derail me. This is going to deflate my sense of self so quickly. Think of how quickly a balloon deflates or how quickly it pops. It's that fast. So I have to get my own bearings by myself with my own identity, building my own identity, making sure that I have my back, making sure that I accept myself, I approve of myself, all that stuff first so that if someone comes and tries to, you know, blow up my balloon, guess what, fuckers? It's made of cement. Know what I mean? And stop with the mind control. It's not a thing. It, it, it's impossible. It's a, it's a joke that you're telling yourself and only you understand the punchline. Like it's not a thing. You cannot control what other people are going to think about you. You might be perfect and people are going to think you're a fake ass bitch. You might be, you know, the the clown at the social events and people are going to think you're fucking annoying and can't take you seriously. Like th- there's 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 no point in trying to control other people's thoughts of you. Not anymore. Not now that we are adults and our brains can pick up complexities and nuances of other adult behavior. There's no point. There's two people in my life that really shaped this for me, this idea of, of having my own boundaries. One is my life partner, my ride or die, Aaron, who definitely listens to this show. And two is my sister who I'm pretty sure does not listen to this show. Um, but one Aaron, and I've told her this before, and I think it's so cool now that she does this, but I didn't understand it at the time. 
and Aaron, I'm about to spill all your little secrets, but when Aaron, when we were in high school and she would go away for the weekend with her family or on vacation or whatever, and she would come back, she wouldn't tell anybody that she was back because she knew she needed a day or two to decompress and like reintegrate into her life and I don't know, whatever, unpack, I guess, maybe just like, just have like a couple of Aaron days. And I could never wrap my head around that because it didn't make sense to me that you would be available for other people without letting them know that you are available for them. Like what? But I understand that now. And even still, Aaron has a rule, do not call her before noon. So sometimes I'm awake for like six hours before I can call Aaron, <laughs> but I don't, I'm, you know, I mean, not that she made her phones like on do not disturb. Like I couldn't get a hold of her even if I wanted to. Um, but I love, like, I love that. I love that something so seemingly so small, but it makes such a difference to Aaron's life. Number two, my sister who I'm not even going to give her a shout out because she doesn't listen to the show. Thanks. Um, Just joking. I love her. Um, My sister has always been really good with boundaries. And, you know, to she doesn't give a fuck about how inconvenient it is for other people because she's busy keeping herself safe and comfortable. And I, again, that was like one of these things over the years that I could not understand. And I thought like, you know, her heart had like hardened or something because I I just didn't get that like, well, why wouldn't you be bending over backwards to make other people feel comfortable or feel okay? No, she doesn't want to fucking deal with that at all. She doesn't want to do that. She wants to feel comfortable and safe and stable. The rest is up to the other people. And she's so nonchalant about it, which I I tell her it's like so inspiring. And I've learned so much about boundaries when it comes to her. Like she sometimes won't even answer texts, which I don't understand people like that. And eventually maybe I'll get there. Not my retainer clients. I will always text you back. Maybe I will get there eventually, but her world is about her and her husband and their kids and their dog and their dinners and that, right? And it, it's, it's not about, she's not existing to make other people more comfortable, which is so beautiful. What a beautiful way to be. I learned from my therapist two years ago. I tell you, two, I had this round of therapy two years ago that just changed my life. I went in to talk to her about attachment theory and my attachment issues. And I, I came out of those six or eight sessions, a brand new friggin' person, um, how it works when you have an insecure attachment to people, a disorganized attachment. So whether you're anxious or fearful, right? Fearful of abandonment, anxious that, you know, your lover's going to leave you, your friends all fucking hate you, whatever. The only solution to that is to develop a more secure attachment with yourself. That's it. That's the answer. So fostering a really strong bond with you, having your own back, uh, making good choices so you know that you can trust yourself, having your own um, hobbies or your own shows that you watch, all that, all the stuff that's like, you know, it's me time. That is the only way to ensure that the relationships outside of you become much healthier. So... 
when you can focus on pleasing yourself and making sure that you're comfortable before anybody else, that's the answer to reprogramming your people-pleasing brain. Work on that attachment with you. Work on the relationship with you. Develop yourself. Do things that you want, that you like. Again, figure out moment to moment what you want to do and how you want to feel. Make it happen and protect it at all costs. And definitely remember that other people are not a reflection of you. Other people are a reflection of your perception of yourself. That's it. Hope that all made sense. Thank you for listening to yet another diatribe. This is Recovering From Everything, a podcast for everyone who's ever had anything happen to them ever. To my people pleasers, you're perfect just the way you are. I love you. Please stop acting like that. Just joking. Half joking. Talk to you soon.